0: Well, hello everybody, welcome into part one of our Do Something Together series, uh, our podcast and video series. Uh, Very excited about this summer and doing things together and just promoting community and how you can get involved and do something together. Uh, This is going to be a multi-week series. On the front end, the first half of these episodes, we're asking the question why, why it's important. On the back half of these episodes, uh, we're answering that question and talking about how. So to get things kicked off, we have, of course, the one and only Pastor Reverend <laughs> Kevin Atkinson. Uh, hello. How are you doing? Hello, I'm great. Can you maybe? put that mic a little closer? A little closer to like me. Right there up, we go. Like We're, oh, we're yeah, full, full podcast mode, right up in there. Oh, that sounds good. Um, so we're going to get into it in just a minute. Uh, and uh, are you are you ready to go? Yeah. You right. ready to talk? Yep, ready. All right, here we go. Okay, so uh, like I said, we're joined by Pastor Kevin, and uh, people know you. I know they know you. You're the most famous person at our church. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was waiting to see how you were, you were going to finish that. I was, I was, oh, here it comes, you know, at our church.
0: That's funny. Uh, but why don't you tell people, because everybody else I'm having on, I'm having them tell, tell people who they are because they may not know them. People people are going to know at least who you are, most people are. But tell, tell everybody something they may not know about you. Oh gosh, something they may
1: not know. I I, th- I think that a lot of people don't know I'm also a therapist. Oh, you know, so um, yeah, that I that kind of like I didn't. know. Yeah, you're like what? <laughs> <laughs> Since when? <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm a licensed therapist, and a lot of people are surprised by that. Sometimes, you know, when they when they hear that, but I have been for a long time, and uh, I came by kind of accidentally didn't really plan on doing it. I, I can tell you this. I think it's because I wanted to be a church planner mm. And so, as you know, most church planters are broke. <laughs> so, sure. you've got to have some type of income to provide for your family. So, I kind of leaned into clinical psychology as a way of, of maybe planting a church and being able to work. And for a while, that's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I just think that that's probably something a lot of people don't know about. That's a good little tidbit.
0: Yeah. Well, today we are uh, we're, we're talking about the why this episode, and we're asking the question why it matters to the local church and the it being community and relationships and just this whole idea of doing something together kind of came out of this and just really getting people reconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some stats to start out with, um, cause I know you're, you're a stat lover yeah. as well. Are, are these going to scare me? Uh, maybe, I don't know. Pew research, um, said that uh, this was, I think, last year, a study. U.S. Christian population has been declining steadily in the past decade. 63% of Americans describe themselves as Christians. Okay, cool number, but that's down from 75% a decade ago. Um, The other faiths category has 6%, and that's pretty steady. But the nuns, uh, not like Catholic nuns, but like the... (laughs) Okay, I was like... (laughs) But the no affiliation, don't believe in anything, uh, are up 10%. Oh. Uh, Barner Group says that one in three practicing Christians dropped out of church completely during COVID, Man. and church membership in the U.S. dropped below 50% for the first time in 2020, mm. according to Gallup. So it seems obviously there is... There, it feels like there is a connection between the disconnect from community because of COVID and a decline in church engagement. Those two things seem to be happening at the same time. So can you explain, like, the the mental or spiritual or emotional, whatever reasons for that? Like, what do you think that is? <clears throat> Man, that's such a great question.
1: Here, Here's what I've been thinking about. As, as you know, we had a front row seat to all this. And probably, you know, I, I'm going to speak for you, it may have been the most challenging years we had mm-hmm. as oh, pastors. Yeah. So... Um, you know, looking back on getting the church started and getting it up and just having energy and momentum and, and all of those things was so much easier than trying to rebound from COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I think what I learned in this process and probably what's reflective in these statistics is that the connection point for people is so much more important than your talent or your programming. It was shocking Mm -hmm. just because I'd grown up in churches that were program heavy, um, that were talent heavy. You know, we had great communicators. We had great leaders and volunteers, and the programs were so solid. You know, people would go home after a Sunday and say, man, this was just so good. You know, church was so great today. But when COVID hit and people lost that connection— It's like when they lost the connection, they lost their church. Mm -hmm. And so coming back from that and going, you know, when I go back, is it going to be the same? When I go back, are the same people going to be there? When I go back, is my life group going to be the same? And when they found out that all those things were kind of struggling, um, it really caused a disconnect. And I think we saw some people go, I'll just continue to hit pause until all this really Mm -hmm. works out. And here we are in 2023. Mm -hmm and man, that's been a long
0: time. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we can both talk to this, but like, I think it felt like 2019 and previously, just from our experiences as a, as a church, we, we felt like for this is kind of a crass way to put it, but like, it felt like we were a little bit on autopilot. Like we knew what we were doing. Sure. Things were, were consistent. We knew how to do church. 2020 happened disconnect. And I think I think we're we've both felt it, and I think a lot of churches feel it. Just like what you talked about, something's not something's different. The connection's not there like it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I mean, from a church leader perspective, can you kind of fill people in on like what what is it? I mean, obviously something like this is is a way we're trying to do something, but like, it's going to take people doing things also. It can't yeah. just be programming. Yeah. So what's the what's the average attendee's responsibility when it comes to getting things back together again. You know, for me, that that's an easy
1: answer, and is that people have to do something. You, so you've got to, to re-engage on your own volition um, as a starting point. So you've got to be able to go, you know, hey, yeah, sure, It we, we had a shakeup, uh, don't really know, you know, if everything's going to feel the same, be the same, but I know that connection is important, it's important biblically and scripturally and it's important to our family and man we don't want to get isolated and all those great principles but people have got to make a move themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that you can be preached into a move mm-hmm. or programmed into a move or e- evented into a move. <laughs> <laughs> When I, when I thought of event, I didn't know how I was getting in <laughs> that. But you, you, you can't just have an event and then say, we're going to be connected. I think people have got to choose. I want to be connected. My family wants to be connected. My kids want to be connected. And they themselves have to do that. The church sure is responsible for providing some vehicle for that. But man, I think it's simple in that you've just got to choose again to go, I'm going to be involved with people.
0: Yeah. You know. H- how does it like how does it affect the church like not just our campus but like just the local church at the local level i mean what does that what does it do when when people are coming together when those groups are coming when families are coming together yeah the word the word that goes off in my mind when you
1: talk like that is strength so if if i think of of the church in terms of strength and weakness and i think of people when they come together when they're in community with, um, there's, there's strength there. You know, if if I answer it this way, it would be like pastoring can only go so far. We, we know this, you can only do so much in a, in a day, but when people are are in these smaller groups, um, whether you call them life groups, community groups, whatever, they're just doing some life together. Those groups tend to check on each other organically. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes something that's not from a Professional pastor. Right. It's it's from it's from a friend. It's from somebody who you're who you're doing life with, and you want to check on anyway. So strength is what I think of, you know. And when you're not, when you don't have it, as leaders, I think we feel the church get weaker. Mm-hmm. You know, you start seeing people. Um, I believe it was Barna. You know, he said when when people come back, what what they're going to do is they're going to return to a service, and then they're going to return to serving, and then they're going to return to giving, and community is somewhere in those three silos and they're trying to decide, am I going to volunteer first or get to know somebody? Am I going to get back to giving and supporting my body or am I going get, to get to know somebody? But when you add that to it, you know, it's just the strength
0: comes back to serving. The strength mm-hmm. comes back to giving. And The church gets healthier overall. Yeah, because I mean, pastors and leaders, we, we can't carry all of that weight. No, there's no way. I mean, there's just, there's too many people, there's too many circumstances just to, to carry that weight. Mm-hmm. Um, we can, we can get, give some scripture for this too. So Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, two are better than one because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has no one to lift him up. So, I mean, that's essentially exactly scripturally what you just said. Like yep. when, when somebody falls, you, you want to have somebody there to pick you up again.
1: Sure. And scripturally, you know, when you look at the New Testament church, when it exploded, it was around connection. It wasn't around programming. It wasn't around, you know, the pastoring aspect. You know, nobody was saying how great, you know, the, these leaders were. It, what we get a glimpse of in Acts is, is people caring for people in a very consistent way. They were together daily. They were sharing life. They were sharing a resource. And we see that from that it it was a catalyst for maybe even what we're still doing now. You know,
0: um, let, let's keep the church culture thought going for just a second. When when it comes to because you mentioned those those three silos, um, well, when we talk about serving, why is because we mentioned serving a lot as a church? It's really important to yeah. us. We run on volunteers. Sure. So why is that an an important part when it comes to just doing something? When it comes to community as a whole, why is that an important part of the whole thing we're talking about? Because it, I think for some people maybe it sounds like oh we they're just getting us to do stuff, but it's more than that for us as a church when we oh, get yeah, them to serve. For sure,
1: I th- I think serving is is an entry point for connection. You know, I, th- I think we always say, you know, if if you want to get to know our church, then go serve somewhere. If you want to get to know families, go serve somewhere, because it forces you to work the mission together. So you're simultaneously getting to know the church, its culture, its mission, but you're also gaining a friend. You're also gaining someone that very naturally you could say, "Hey, let's go grab lunch after service today," you know. So serving and connecting are going to go hand in hand. I don't even know if you can do them and escape them, mm. escape each other. Yeah, um, I would think that you know, serving tends to push more toward community than community would push toward serving. Mm. You know, I think they're going to happen more toward go serve and then you meet a friend, then go meet a friend, and then you decide to serve, mm. you yeah. know. So for us, it's always been a great entry point to community is to go get plugged in, and you're going to have all these things happen simultaneously. Yeah.
0: So if you're looking for community, yeah, go serve. Mm-hmm. Find somewhere. Uh, and there's a lot of options. There's a lot of opportunity to serve as well. Um, so let's talk about the individual now. Um, you know, what does it do to just a person? I mean, you're a therapist, you, you, you know, all the brain stuff. Uh, what does it do? (laughs) What does it do to a person when they're isolated, uh, you know, versus in community? with people. Oh man. How does that affect?
1: Well, the research is going to back up all kinds of things like, um, you know, when people are isolated, they're going to have a tendency to experience more depression. They're going to have a tendency to be more anxious. Um, they're going to have a a tendency to really withdraw. And when you get alone with your own thoughts, (laughs) I'll speak for myself. When I don't have anyone to filter, what I'm thinking and tell me, man, that may not be a good idea. Or no, I, I, I think you've got the wrong idea on that. That becomes a healthy thing for me. But when I'm alone, I'm the smartest person in the room. <laughs> yeah, You know, and so I think, you know, if, if, if we look at it from a, a health, you know, a mental wellness angle, then, you know, people who are isolated are going to have um, a higher, there's going to be higher statistics there for anxiety and depression for sure. you know. Yeah. And those things affect other things. Appetite, um, they affect sleep patterns. Um, you know, and they affect you know just your overall joy. I mean, if I'm if I'm depressed in things, then I'm probably not as efficient as I could be in what I'm doing for work. You know, as I'm engaged in other relationships, like a spouse or with my children. So very important to stay connected to some folks. Yeah.
0: Um, so if you can get connect as an individual, if you can. Avoid isolation, get, which, by the way, we if you grew up in church, you've probably heard this analogy before, but the whole lion-gazelle thing, like, you know, the, the, anyone wants to separate you. Mm-hmm. That's just a, a fact of nature as well. Yeah. But so as an individual, we want to get connected into community and then talk a little bit about, you know, and this is not a COVID, post-COVID podcast by any means, but mm-hmm. I feel like our conversation tends to be living that way because we're trying to figure out life- after yeah you know what kim boyd calls the C word <laughs> like yeah. this this big thing we don't want to talk about. Um so you know there's there's obviously we even did it online church becomes a thing. People get used to a Sunday morning in their pajamas or checking it out when they've got time after work or on their lunch break or something like that. And it slowly goes from I mean let's be honest, we, we all know this it goes slowly from tuning in every Sunday online to I'll catch it when I can to nothing. Right. And so you may have some kind of a community of people that you connect with, a friend group, but talk about that isolation from a community of believers in a church setting. Because you can get content online, mm-hmm. but you can't get that church community online. Yeah. I, I think this is
1: probably for me. This is the way I would answer that, because it's gonna flesh out in in pragmatic ways, meaning that if, if I'm online and I'm watching content, um, I can get, man, unlimited content. I can hear some great speaking, some great podcasts. I, as a matter of fact, that's that's what happened. I mm-hmm. mean, people were not just, uh, even NLCers were not just tuning into us, but then when we were over, they would go right. and watch another one, and another one, and another one, and you, they'd have three or four hours of church mm-hmm. on Sunday. But when we're together in the same room, let's use like when we take communion together. It's a very spiritual thing of the togetherness of celebrating um, the body and the covenant of Christ. Take prayer. You know, when you have people get around you and believe with you for so right then, and it's not through a screen or just a general prayer, but it is about us making a physical connection with each other. That's where that, again, strength comes from, that power comes from that we all feel. And that is what gets lost in the online community. Great content, but you lose the community part of it, which in the original word, you know, comes from the word intimacy. Mm-hmm. You know, to be together, to to have that that physical contact, be able to look somebody in the face, you know
0: and we can we can put scripture that too. Hebrews 10:24 says let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Those
1: guys knew something.
0: Yeah, because I mean, that, that could have been written in 2021. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and and for
1: them to give the warning of, you know, as
0: some have done don't do it. Don't do it because they already knew They'd already seen what happens when you peel off. Yeah. Um, last thing, the last kind of topic on, on this, I want to I want to touch on is, you know, we've we've gone individual church. Once those things start to fall in line, how does the church then impact the community? How does the local church, if we can get these things right, because I think it's it's a, as as individuals do, the church does, and so the church needs community. You know, that's one reason I think. I love that we pray for other churches mm-hmm. in our community because we got to do this with other people as well. So, how can the church then, the local church, impact the community around us?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we, we always heard it taught in, in seminary. This is the way it was. I'm going to tell my age here, but in, in the in the late 80s, you were here, that. that's 1980. <laughs> for The late 1900s. (laughs) That's right. The late 1900s. um, You had this teaching that was kind of like, uh, you know, the the strength of the church is going to make an impact in the community. So if you have a strong church, you're going to have a a strong community and you're going to have strong families. You know, so it was kind of like church family community. Well, what we discovered was it's really, you know, family, church, community. You have strong families, and then you have strong community. And then the strength of that biblical community pours out the door mm-hmm. in, into the into the, the city that, that you're living in. And so um, I think what we've discovered in terms of just community is that our families, when they are strong and they're in relationship with other families, I mean, you start putting two and three and four and five families together, praying for each other, serving each other, checking in on each other, to use this word, pastoring each other, then the church by default becomes strong. Yeah. And you can't contain that. You can't help but that pour out into the community. And, um, you know, for example, we wanted to raise some money on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You present that need to strong families, they meet it, yeah. you know. Um, you want to go out and serve a weekend in a, in a low-income apartment complex. When you have strong families whose needs are met, well, they're able to go provide somebody else's need, you know. Again, I think it's the book of Acts. Yeah. They were together, they were strong, and from that they were able to go, I've got two chairs, I only need, need one, let's give it to somebody.
0: Yeah. You know. And that's what that's what the church is supposed to be doing. Um, it is. Okay. Well, Kevin, thank you. Um, how I like I wanna end every episode is just the guest Praying and praying over uh, whatever topic or demographic we're talking about. So, do you mind just praying, praying over individuals and the church as a whole, just that we would we would get this right and sure. do, it, do it better? Yeah, God put us back in community. Um, I pray for
1: strength over those that are listening today. If they're if they're on the cusp of going, do I do I make a leap into biblical community? Do I make an effort? Um, do I put a foot forward? I pray that that the Holy Spirit just Push them to that, just a gentle nudge. I pray that you set up and ordain spiritual relationships, not just our own, our church, but other churches in our community. Bring strength back to it. Let us experience a Acts chapter one, two, and three um, experience. Let, let us have that experience ourselves of being together. So bring us back to that. Shake us up. And let us realize how important it is that we're around each other. And so uh, thank you for that. Thank you for the local church. We believe in it so much. And we give you thanks for it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, Kevin, thank you again. Yeah, Really good. Um, Shameless plug. Subscribe if you're not already to wherever you're consuming this. We've got a lot of these happening throughout the summer. And so uh, hopefully you can go on this journey with us and uh, we can all grow together. Uh, as a church, and maybe you're not even connected to our church, uh, and you find this content helpful, uh, just let us know so we can be praying for you as well. Um, I think that does it. So we'll see you next time. Goodbye.